You're listening to the Cyberwire Network, powered by N2K. With over 8,000 threat hunters analyzing over 65 trillion signals daily, Microsoft works tirelessly with the federal government to keep our nation's data secure. This 30-year-plus partnership is driving mission innovation that is secure by design. Whether optimizing your existing defenses or tackling advanced threats with AI, Microsoft gives you the intelligence and the automation you need to defend at mission scale. Let's work together to stay ahead of emerging threats and secure your mission anywhere. Learn more at aka.ms slash fedcyber. That's aka.ms slash fedcyber. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the CyberWire's Research Saturday. I'm Dave Bittner, and this is our weekly conversation with researchers and analysts tracking down the threats and vulnerabilities, solving some of the hard problems of protecting ourselves in a rapidly evolving cyberspace. Thanks for joining us. Crytox ransomware has been um, around since... Uh, at least 2020, uh, but uh, it hasn't been in the news. We haven't seen anything major um, back then. That's Deepin Desai from Zscaler. Today we're talking about his team's research on the Crytox ransomware family. Uh, in September 2021, the team actually noticed... Uh, a company, uh, you know, uh, named RTL. It's a Netherlands-based company that was hit, and it was publicly acknowledged as well. Um, although one of the things that the team noticed back then was uh, the ransom amount was 8,500 euros. And that's hmm. that's very, very small compared to uh, the ransom demands that we see with uh, some of the other ransomware gangs like uh, Conti and, you know, Hive and others. So we've been tracking the payloads. We've been tracking the uh, developments on on the on the campaign side as well. And uh, one of the things that the team noticed over here was, uh, unlike many of the other ransomware groups, Crytox ransomware does not perform double extortion attacks. It just performs data encryption and uh, you know uh, holds it for ransom. It does not perform data exfiltration from the impacted machine. Going a little old school with the ransomware, right? Exactly. It is It is one of the old school ways of doing things. There are a couple other things we noticed. I mean, they, they did uh, make it easier for the victims to communicate back with the threat actor. So they were dropping this, uh, uh, you know, peer-to-peer instant messenger app called Talks, um, on the infected machine uh, and uh, you just click on it and you're basically um, able to communicate and negotiate the ransom amount with the threat actor. Can you walk us through what's going on technically behind the scenes here? Is there any interesting aspects to that part of it? Yeah, in terms of uh, the encryption, I mean, there's there's nothing um, uh, that... Uh, that is different than what we have seen before. I mean, it's, it's using AES, CBC uh, with per file, 256 
8-bit key um, that is protected with the locally generated RSA public key. And he uses this to encrypt local disks, network drives, and um, you know, at all of those locations, you will see a ransom note uh, with a five-day timer. Um, um, you know, that's basically notifying the victim that your files have been encrypted, pay, or you will lose all the data. And so you still have the ability to pay on that machine. I mean, they don't completely disable it. You can communicate with them. Yeah, you're you're basically using the messenger application uh, to communicate, and then they will provide the link for performing the payment. Is there any sense that uh, if you follow through with them and you pay the ransom, you'll get your files back? Um, for for most ransomware groups, uh, we do observe that you do get a key back, uh, right, which will allow you to decrypt your files. Uh, so while we didn't go that route to confirm it, at least for the for the publicly known case, uh, they did uh, get the key and were able to restore their file. Don't struggle to align your organization's cybersecurity with business risk. Get the only solution that goes beyond reacting to threats with vulnerability and risk monitoring. You need the next evolution of MDR, and only Critical Start delivers it. Critical Start doesn't just monitor and respond to threats. They put you in control by detecting suspicious activities, quickly responding to contained threats, and identifying your most critical assets and protecting them against vulnerabilities and exposures. With continuous visibility, expert guidance, and measurable risk reduction, Critical Start has redefined what it means to manage cyber risk. Demonstrate provable security maturity to your leadership while positioning your program to achieve the greatest risk reduction per dollar spent. Stop fearing risk and start managing it with Critical Start. Visit criticalstart.com and request a demo today. That's criticalstart.com. It's interesting that the the ransom demand is so low and uh you know, I wonder if they're comparatively trying to fly under the radar compared to some of the the bigger players here. Yeah, that 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 does uh, sort of uh, raise his eyebrow. Like, why so low? Uh, maybe they're trying to do uh, um, more development and more testing, and and then, yeah, as you pointed out, staying under the radar so that uh, there's no law enforcement action as well, given so much uh, focus on the ransomware uh, threat actors these days. Uh, we also noticed, uh, actually, while the team was analyzing some of the payloads, that uh, the encryption mechanism that they've used, it's actually prone to some weaknesses uh, that could actually allow some brute forcing methods um, you know, that can result in us decrypting the files as well. So, Definitely not one of those, uh, you know, uh, sophisticated ransomware payloads. It's it it still pr- probably appears to be a work in progress. And is the group trying to prevent analysis from researchers like yourself? Do they have elements of that in there? They they did have some basic anti debug, anti analysis technique, but nothing to write home about. <laughs> okay, nothing sophisticated. I mean, is that, is that pretty much what you're seeing here with this group, that uh, we wouldn't rate their sophistication as being particularly high? 
And that is accurate, yes. Yeah. And so in terms of folks best protecting themselves against this specific group, but what are your recommendations? Yeah, so I think the the, the guidance should, guidance over here is to look at the ransomware problem holistically. Um, every time I speak to um, you know some of the large organization security leaders, um, I always ask them to look at the problem in four buckets. What are you doing to reduce your external attack surface? Because when these gangs go after you, they will first try to find out what all things are exposed. Uh, they may come through one of the users uh, falling for a phishing attack. They may come uh, after you through an asset that is exposed to the internet. Uh, it could be a server. It could be a workload. It could be your 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 system sitting in the corporate environment. Uh, it could be VPN, as I'm um, as we have seen before. Uh, but so look at what you can do to reduce that external attack surface. Second is provide consistent security uh, on all internet bound traffic. Uh, with full SL inspection. And that's where a proxy-based architecture really helps out. The goal over there is to prevent that initial infection. The third bucket is what can you do to prevent that lateral propagation phase? That's where majority of these ransomware gangs does a lot of damage. Having one system going down with the ransomware attack versus the entire environment going down is is the difference between it being a small incident to a org scale breach. So over there, user to app segmentation, app to app micro segmentation plays a very important role in containing this incident to a single host versus entire environment. And then finally, um, in this case, Crytox is not exfilling data, but um, more than 50% of the ransomware threat actors that were tracking perform data exfiltration as well. So you need to have consistent data loss prevention strategy for all your internet-bound traffic, right? Uh, and that's where, again, SSL inspection plays a very important role because these guys are just using public cloud, uh, you know, SaaS locations to even exfil your data from the infected machines. Yeah, it's really interesting to see uh, as the ransomware, um, I don't know, ecosystem continues to evolve that we have players coming in and running at all different levels. You know, I think it's it's perhaps easy to say that these folks are kind of at the entry level, you know, not terribly sophisticated, not asking for a lot of money, uh, trying to go unnoticed. And then you have that all the way up to the big players and, and everything in between. Exactly. Yeah, it's, it's, a, it's a gamut. Uh, it's a it's a pyramid model where there's like, uh, you know, highly sophisticated gangs at the top and then there's like uh, dozens and dozens of these uh, new kids on the block or, or more um, work in progress kind of ransomware gangs. Yeah. All right. Well, Deepin Desai, thanks for joining us. Thanks to Deepin Desai from Zscaler for joining us. The research is on the Crytox ransomware family. We'll have a link in the show notes. And now a word from our sponsor, Sixth Sense. Sixth Sense provides award-winning cloud-based automated endpoint and vulnerability management solutions to streamline IT and security operations. 
With its advanced platform, businesses gain complete visibility and control over their infrastructure, reducing IT and security risks, and optimizing operational efficiency. With Sixth Sense, you'll get real-time alerts, risk-based vulnerability prioritization and remediations, and an intuitive automation and orchestration engine so you can focus on your core business goals. Confident in the knowledge that your enterprise is secure, compliant, and running smoothly. To learn why enterprises choose Sixth Sense, visit SixthSense.com. The CyberWire podcast is proudly produced in Maryland out of the startup studios of Data Tribe, where they're co-building the next generation of cybersecurity teams and technologies. Our amazing CyberWire team is Rachel Gelfin, Liz Irvin, Elliot Peltzman, Trey Hester, Brandon Karp, Eliana White, Peru Prakash, Justin Sabi, Tim Nodar, Joe Kerrigan, Carol Terrio, Ben Yellen, Nick Vilecki, Gina Johnson, Bennett Moe, Chris Russell, John Petrick, Jennifer Iben, Rick Howard, Peter Kilpie, and I'm Dave Bittner. Thanks for listening. We'll see you back here next week.